Father, get your coat on. What for? You know what for. I've told you often enough. Landlord of the Black Bull in his shirt sleeves like a barman. As long as folk pay him what they owe me, they can take me for a barman if they like. I'm not a particular chap. Hey, now go on. We'll have somebody here in a minute. I don't want Miss Holmes and her friends marching in, catching you in your shirt sleeves. If they never say worse than that, they'll be lucky. <sighs> When's Mr Farrant getting back? Any time. He only wanted some cold meat and salad and cheese left for his supper. <laughs> I wish they were all as easy to please. Father, there's somebody coming. Good evening, sir. Good evening. You are the landlord? That's right. Sam Shipley. You uh, let rooms to visitors? A few. Three or four, perhaps? Yes. Were you wanting a room? I'm not sure. Oh, well, it doesn't matter, because I'm afraid we can't oblige you. You have no room. Well, we've only four bedrooms, and they're all taken for this Whitsuntide. There's a gentleman in one already, and the other three are coming tonight. So? These three you're coming tonight, you know them? Yes. Two of them, perhaps, are married people, and a man older than his wife. Uh, he might be rich. Uh, and then, perhaps, a younger man? No. We're expecting three ladies. Three ladies? Teachers from Manchester. Oh. Uh, perhaps there's another in here, eh? Yeah, this is the only one that's uh, lying at Dayland, but that's eight miles from here. This must be the wrong year. Wrong year? It's 1937. Don't you know what year your friends are coming? They're not my friends. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, good evening. Oh, good evening, sir. Uh, I hope you find rooms all right. Just fancy, creeping in like that and asking questions. Well, he's a foreigner of some sort, you see. What's that got to do with it? Well, happen it's foreign style of doing things. <laughs> what tickled me was him saying he must have come at wrong year. <laughs> I said it's 1937, but he took no notice. Now, that's as good as ought I've heard of some time. If he's going round asking for people, not friends of his, mind you, and he doesn't know where they are, nor what year they'll be there, <laughs> I reckon he's got his work cut out. <laughs> oh, I must tell that to some of them in bar. Oh, <laughs> you and your bar. <laughs> yes, this is the Black Bull. Oh, Miss Holmes, yes. This is Mrs Pratt. Oh. Oh, dear, dear. Oh, well, I never did. Uh, no. No, well, it can't be helped. Yes, we're sorry, too. Mm. No, no, we'll manage to get somebody. Mm. That's right. Goodbye. Oh. Miss Holmes ringing up from Manchester to say they can't come. Yeah. One of the other two's been suddenly taken poorly and they don't like to leave her. Oh. Yes, I should think it is. Oh. That's all three rooms going begging at the very last minute and we could have let him four times over. Here we are, Friday night, Whit Saturday tomorrow, now only one room taken. We'll fill them up easy. Black Bull's never had rooms empty of Whitson Tide. There'll be some motorists coming. Aye, and happen some business chaps who'll spend more than any of them three women teachers. All they want is cups of tea, and they never put their noses in bar. Hello, Mr Farrant. Oh, any sherry left, Sam? Oh, yes, Mr Farrant. Uh, I'll bring you some from the bar. Ah, Your supper will be ready when you are. 
Good. Oh, the last few miles are becoming a bit grim. Oh, have the three females from Manchester arrived yet? No, they're not coming. One of them's poorly. Oh, I'm sorry. That's bad news for you, isn't it? Well, it's a nuisance, but we'll fill up tomorrow, all right. I, I only hope whoever we do have, you can get on with them, Mr Farrant. No, you're not going to suggest that I'm hard to get on with. No, I don't mean that, Mr Farrant. <laughs> but when you've all got to sit in here together, it, it might be a bit awkward. Oh, don't worry about me. Here's your sherry, Mr Farrant. Ah, thank you, Sam. Cheers. Cheers. Ooh. You have a good walk? Yes, thanks, Sam. I must have done about 16 miles. Down the dale, then across by the church, up the moor and back over Grindle Top. Aye, that'll be all of 16 miles. Yeah. I didn't see a soul over there except a couple of shepherds. Well, I'd better have a wash. Hello? Yes, this is Black Bull. That's right. Yes, who is it? Oh, yes, Mr. Ormond. Well, it just happens we have two rooms because somebody's just given us back word. But yes, they're both ready. You can come up as soon as you like. Oh, straight away. Hmm. Will you be wanting supper tonight? Oh, I see. Well, then, uh, you turn to your left just outside Marlingset and then straight up and you can't miss it. That's right. Ooh. Would you believe it? That's a Mr and Mrs Ormond. They want a bedroom each and they're coming straight away. They've just had the dinner at the White Hart. Do you know what I think? No, I don't. I believe this Mr Ormond is one of them big Ormonds. You know, Ormonds Limited. Yeah, he wouldn't come here if he were. But how do you know? And he sounded as if he'd plenty of money. He wanted two rooms for the weekend and didn't ask price or anything. I bet you he's one of Ormond's Limited, him and his wife. I told you we'd have them rooms let you know time. I wonder if that foreign chap's fixed up. He didn't even know whether he wanted to stay or not. No, but it happens it suits him here now. We have a married couple for him if that's what he wants. Ah, I feel better now. You're having company tonight, Mr Farrant. Really? There's a Mr and Mrs Ormond coming tonight. Stay ah. the weekend. Uh, uh, if you'll excuse me for a moment. Ormond? Yes, and I fancy it's one of them big almonds. Almonds Limited. Manufacturers. I bet you've heard of them. Well, I ought to. They put up most of the money for my school. Well, I'm sure this is one of them. What, here already? No, no, they couldn't have come from Marlin set so soon. Good evening. You are staying here? Yes. I am Dr Gertler. My name's Farrant. Oliver Farrant. A schoolmaster, I think. Yes, I'm head of Lamberton. Uh, I am now in exile from my own university and my country, Germany, and I have been doing some little work for the University of London. And uh, you still have no room for me? Well, as a matter of fact, we have now, because those three ladies aren't coming and we've a room to spare. I should um, very much like to stay here. Uh, we charge 12 and 6 a day, all in. I will stay. The car will be all right there for a time, eh? Yes, my father can put it away. And uh, my room? It's up the stairs there, through that door. Next door to me. I'm just going to have some supper, Dr Gertler. You'd better join me. Thank you, yes. I'll see to it. Uh, my father can show you to your room. 
It's a simple, unpretentious little place, but they're nice people. I think you'll be comfortable. Thank you. What's your subject? Science? It was physics and mathematics. Not now. Oh, I still teach these subjects, but for myself, I go further. Research, yeah? You might say exploring. Yes, I know. Spherical geometry. Two parallel lines meeting. Two angles of a triangle no longer greater than the third angle. <laughs> or a Euclid turned upside down and inside out. <laughs> you know, I, I must have seen your photograph somewhere. No, I don't think so. I'm not an Einstein. I thought I seemed to recognise you. We often seem to recognise people and places. I don't. You have been ill. I was ordered a short rest. They say it's when you're nervously exhausted that the two halves of your brain don't synchronise. Then they play that recognition trick on you. Isn't that the explanation? Yes, but I do not believe it. We're not as simple as bicycles. Supper's ready, Mr. Farrant. Ah, thank you, Sam. You'll join me in the dining room, Doctor? Uh, yes, I'll join you. Yeah, oh, sir. You're here, after all, and uh, you'd like to see your room. Please. Uh, all the other two rooms let? Oh, we got rid of them, all right. <laughs> uh, there's a Mr and Mrs Ormond coming tonight into them. So, so, ich bin glücklich. <clears throat> you have been happy here? Yes, I can't grumble at all. I've never made much out of this place, but I'd ask for not better if I had my time over again. Do you often say that? Say what? If you had your time over again. Oh, no, not especially. It's just a way, like, uh, putting it. Everybody says it. Your supper's ready, Dr. Gertler. Oh, thank you. My friend, perhaps you will have your time over again. In mm. here, that's right. <laughs> uh, if you don't find everything you want, just ring the bell. Thank you. <sighs> Father, what was that Dr. Gertler talking about? Yeah, I just happened to say, if I have my time over again, you know how you do, and... Uh, <laughs> he seemed right taken up with it. <laughs> if I had my time over again. Yeah, it's, it's a common enough saying. Yes, and it's silly enough and all. Time moves on and it takes you with it, whatever you say. As I know only too well. Ah, though it's only saying for you was for anybody else, lass. We all go on getting older, Sally. <sighs> oh, I don't just mean that. You know, Father, it's only four years since Bob and I were staying here with you over Whitson. Charlie was still a little lad. The three of us here, laughing and talking and going on day long, and nothing to tell us it was nearly all over. Oh, I, I know, lass, but don't think about it. It's not so long since, but time's run on. It's taken Bob from me. Even Charlie's growing up and doesn't need me like he used to. I almost might be an old woman wondering where they're going to bury me. Now then, Charlie, lass, it's not so bad as it might be. I might have 30 years to live yet, and I'd swap the lot for just that week we had here four years ago. <sighs> What's the use? Uh, but give it a chance. You'll forget. I know I'll forget. I'm forgetting now. I can't hear Bob's voice as plain as I could a year or two since. It's taken even that from me now. <sighs> now. That's what time does to you. And if it's God's idea, he'll get no thanks from me. Oh, it'll be Mr and Mrs Ormond. Yeah, I must nip upstairs and see if the rooms look all right. Go and see to their luggage. Aye, all right. Oh, 
Mr. Mrs. Thorne, can I have your luggage? Who the hell is Thorne? What an amazing feeling. It's just as if I... Oh. Oh dear. What's the matter, Jack? I felt rather faint. You're probably tired. No, I'm not, really. I had a sort of um, feeling about this room. Well, we needn't stay here, you know. No. We can push on. There's plenty of time. Yes, of course we can. I can simply say, sorry, not our kind of place. Give them something for the trouble and off we go. <laughs> no, no. We'll stay. Anything for a change, eh? Walter, is that one of the remarks you promised not to make? Oh, I hope not. It sounded like the beginning of one. Remember, you promised. Play fair. I'm trying, Janet. I'm trying hard. Only I do seem to be in the one situation in the world where it's impossible for a man to be fair. You've, you've no idea what a devil of a job it is. I know, Walter. You don't? No, that's the trouble, I suppose. I don't. But just to be easy and friendly, for once, no arguments, no reproaches, that'll be something, won't it? Yes, it'll be something. Oh, Walter, the very way you said that. Oh, no, no, I didn't mean it that way. I... I'm really doing my best. You're right. God knows you're right. It'll be something. I'll do my very best. And I'll do better still, you'll see. Nice, easy, friendly, all according to plan. Good evening. Oh, Good evening. Good evening. Mr and Mrs Ormond, didn't it? Yes. You did say you wanted both rooms, didn't you? Yes. Uh, I have to have a room to myself because sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and begin scribbling figures on bits of paper and then I have to smoke. Are you insured against fire? Yes, we are that. Oh, it's all right, then. I shall smoke a lot and burn holes in your best sheets. I'll make you pay for them if you do, Mr Ormond. <laughs> I expect you'd like to see your rooms, wouldn't you? Oh, uh, you have a look at them, Janet. I must telephone Sykes. Up here, Mrs Ormond. Thank you. Uh, trunks? Is that Trunks? Oh, uh, this is Grindle 5. I want Brencham 6-7. Yes. Yes, Brencham 6-7. Mm. All right. Your bags are upstairs, sir, and oh. the car's in the garage. Uh, thanks. Oh, uh, bring me a large whiskey and soda, will you? Certainly, Mr. Norman. Oh, uh, hello. Uh, that you, Sykes? Uh, Walter Ormond here. Uh, we're fixed up in a little pub, the Black Bull, Grindle Moor. Phone numbers, Grindle 5. Hmm? Yes, well, you work out the marketing costs and I'll do the rest. Yeah, I've got all the information here. Who? Pensfield? No, he won't make any trouble. I'll offer him a seat on the board. That'll keep him quiet. Not he. I know too much about him. Uh, yeah, yes, all right, I'll hold on. Your whiskey, Mr. Ormond. Oh, thanks. Cheers. Cheers. Ah, uh, hello, yes. Uh, Sykes? Hmm? Well, add two and a half percent to the overhead, then... Uh, I'll ring you up before Monday morning. What? We'll work all night, then. Put a wet towel around your head and a bottle of whiskey on your desk. Nonsense. <laughs> Holidays are for boys and girls, not men. All right. I'm depending on you. Bye. You know, Walter, you'd had several whiskies at that place where we had dinner. And now I'm having another. 
If the only way I can find dividends for several hundred shareholders and wages for several thousands of employees is by drinking several whiskies, then I must drink several whiskies. But you're not going to do any work this weekend. Well, I must. We have a whole big scheme to work out before Wednesday. Oh, this isn't going to be much of a change for you, is it? More work, more whiskey. A change? There's too much to hope for. Let me just keep ticking over. Just ticking over. That'll do. I can't blame you for being bitter, Walter, but it isn't going to help us. Bitter? <laughs> not being bitter, my dear, not in the least. Uh, cheers. Your yeah, room's all right? Yes. Funny little windows and a heavenly country smell. I believe you're going to like it here. No. Oh. I can't help feeling it was a mistake coming here. What was your idea? A lot of my ideas are bad. This is too small, too quiet. It, it throws us straight back onto ourselves. Well, that's a good thing. It's a good thing when people are all right with one another. But when they're trying to be easy and friendly, and one of them has died on the other as if he were last year's worst hat, then if they've any sense, they want to go and stay at some large, damn silly place screaming with jazz bands where you can't possibly think. Here yeah, you can't help thinking. I've started already. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Well, we'd better introduce ourselves. My name's Farrant. Oh, that's it, of course. You're Oliver Farrant, uh, head of Lamberton. Yeah. yeah, I thought I knew you. Uh, I'm Walter Ormond, and my wife. How do you do? How do you do? I didn't expect to meet one of the school governors here. Uh, I've been too busy to go and see the school yet, but uh, I was one of the governors who put you in there. Thought we ought to have a young man. You are quite right. Yeah, what are you doing here? Term time, isn't it? I was told to knock off and have a rest. Overworking? Well, that's what they said. I feel rather a fraud. I'm walking miles and miles every day and eating like a horse. Look a bit nervous, though. How did you find your way up here? Mrs. Pratt, that's the landlord's daughter, a widow. She has a boy, Charlie, who's at Lamberton. He told me about it. Oh, Mrs. Pratt was telling me all about her boy. Is he clever? Uh, yes, he's got brains. He's the kind of boy who makes me feel glad I'm a schoolmaster. Ought to be fairly certain of an Oxford scholarship later on. We have a good many boys of his kind. Do you mean clever ones, or from this sort of home? I mean boys with brains from this class. A lot of them have brains, you know. Yes. It never occurred to me that they wouldn't have. And it's part of our policy at Lamberton to encourage them. Yes, it was part of our policy when we built the school. Yet I'm sorry, I was forgetting. No, it's all right. Have a drink? Uh, no, thank you. Too soon after supper. Uh, there's a bar in there, isn't there? Yes, but the talk's not very amusing. Hmm. Anybody else staying here? Yes, a, a Dr. Gertler. Chairman? Yes. Professor of Mathematics taking refuge over here. Well, I'll be down later if you want to talk about the school. Hmm. Without having seen him, purely on his record and against considerable opposition, I had that young man appointed head of Lamberton. My dear, I know you did. Well? Oh, very nice. Friendly, modest sort of a young man. <laughs> Not the least little bit conceited and dogmatic. Oh, no, very charming. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, most extraordinary thing. <laughs> I thought I'd text him. Took to him at once on paper, and he, he looks all right. Well, there you are. I'm Dr. Gertler. Mr. and Mrs. Ormond. Yes, good evening. Good evening. And a very beautiful evening. Yes, hasn't it been? <clears throat> Would you like to join me in a drink? Uh, no, thank you. Janet? No, thank you, Walter. Then I think I shall try the bar. No, 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 no. Shan't be long. Have you been up here before, Dr. Gertler? No, no. Have you? No, I haven't. Really. And you're not seem very certain. I've been wondering... Yes? Uh, well, I was only wondering if I could have been here when I was a very small child. <laughs> Mrs. Ormond, I am a student. An old one now. I do not wish you to think I am inquisitive or impertinent. It didn't occur to me that you were, or might be. Lately, I have been enlarging my studies to include the human mind, so I go about asking questions. If this means you want to ask me some questions, you can. But I don't think you'd find me much use. I've always thought the psychoanalysts monstrously exaggerated everything. I can't believe that the little fears and fancies one has are of any real interest or value. What seems to happen continually just outside the edge of our attention, the little fears and fancies, as you call them, may be all important because they belong to a profounder reality, like the vague sounds of the city outside that we hear sometimes inside a theatre. Oh! What is it? Suddenly I felt I could have sworn you'd said all that to me before. You and I, sitting, talking like this, and then you said, because they belong to a profounder reality, like the sounds of the city we sometimes hear inside a theatre. I'm so sorry. I must be tired. Mrs. Ormond, what made you come here? Oh, pure chance. We wanted to spend this weekend somewhere in the country. A man at the hotel we dined at tonight suggested this place. I'd never heard of it before. It was all quite dull, ordinary? Yes. Until we were driving from Marlingset up here. Yes? I find this rather difficult. Quite suddenly, I began to feel excited. About nothing, it seemed. My heart was beating terribly... We stopped once, only a moment, to make sure about the way. At the roadside, there were some white harebells. Just some white harebells. Of course, they looked lovely there, fragile and perfect at the edge of the great dark moor. It must have been just that. Anything else is silly. There has not been in your life so far a moment of crisis that you associate with these flowers? No. That's exactly the feeling I had about them. And then you arrived here. Yes. You have met Mr. Ferrand? Yes, but only for a few minutes. He's very young for such a responsible post. Yes. He's fortunate, but he deserves to be. Very clever. And very charming, very good-hearted, too, I think. I'm sure he must be. Why do you stare at me like that? Oh, I beg your pardon. I was thinking... 
Mr. Ormond, uh, does uh, he feel any of these things tonight? I think you'd better ask him that yourself. Yes, I will. You, you may find him a little difficult. I mean, you mustn't mind if he seems rather brusque. Odd. <laughs> I'm brusque and odd myself. He's really very kind and considerate when you know him. But he's got the most tremendous responsibilities. I thought he was going to have a rest this weekend, but he's brought a lot of work with him. He works far too hard. Yes, I think he's an unhappy man. Dr. Gertler? Why do you say that? I have seen enough unhappiness now to recognise it. Excuse me. Mm. Ah. What are your special subjects, Mr. Farrant? Oh. History and economics. Ah, I wish I knew more history. Real history, not the dreary stuff they taught us when I was at school. Well, it's going on all round you, you know. It's not something that's dead and done with. We're making it all the time. Mm, I don't feel I'm making very much. No, but once you realise you're in history, helping to make it, you see the whole thing differently. That's how we try to teach it now. I try to show them how completely interdependent we are. Yes, we are like threads in a pattern. There's a pretty example of mutual dependence, quite a nice little pattern here in this pub. Really? Well, Sam and Mrs Pratt are devoted to this boy of hers, Charlie. He is at your school, so they depend on you. Yes, but the school partly depends on the Ormonds, and especially on your husband, Mrs Ormond. Excuse me, Mrs Ormond. I just wanted to tell you that we have breakfast at half past eight, if that's not too early. No, I'd like it then, Mrs Pratt. And is that all right for you, Dr Gertler? Yes, thank you. And would you like a cup of tea earlier, Mrs Ormond? Not tomorrow morning, thank you. No tea for me, and no breakfast either. Just a pot of strong coffee. Can I have some sandwiches, please? Yes, Mr Farrant. Going striding over the moors all day? Well, I'll be out all day. I don't know about striding. That's what you want, isn't it, Janet? Better go along with him. But what are you going to do? Oh, I'll do a bit of work and then slack around. She's quite a walker, you know. Well, it might be rather rough going. But, of course, if you'd like to come along. No, thank you. I may want some sandwiches, Mrs Pratt. I'll let you know in the morning. Yes, Mrs Ormond. I have a long day tomorrow, with Saturday, so I thought I'd get to bed in good time tonight. Yes, of course. We're very proud to have you and Mr Ormond here. Nearly all the money Father and I have between us that we saved to our pa Charlie later on is in Ormond's Limited. Do you hear that, Walter? You're among shareholders, so be careful. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> there, you see, is more dependence. What's that? It sounds like an insult, but it isn't. We've been discovering how much we depend upon one another. You're in it because your boy's at Mr Farrant's school. And now you say you've money in Ormond's Limited. And the school partly depends on Ormond's too, which brings me in. And I'm certainly one of the dependents. Walter, you're the only really great one, the giant Atlas himself. Now, we all depend upon you. But you don't depend upon anybody. No. Mr Ormond depends very much upon someone. He depends upon you, his wife. That's not the kind of remark we appreciate from a stranger in this country, my dear sir. Walter. I'm sorry. I am, as you say, a stranger in a foreign country. It's all right, Dr. Gertler. Uh, good night. Yeah, no, Doctor, I, I shouldn't have spoken like that. Now, don't be offended. I am not offended, only tired. So please, no apologies. Uh, good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Oh, I hope it's going to be all right. I mean, him being here. Yes, of course. Why not? Well, Mr. Roman. 
Only he seems to be upsetting you. No, Mrs Pratt. Just because he's a foreigner. No, it isn't that, Mr Farrant. Though I'll admit, I'm not used to foreigners. But what's he doing here? Well, what are we all doing here? No, that's different, Mr Orman. Why should he come here looking for you? For me? No, for you three. What do you mean? He comes here earlier today, looking about him. And when I tell him we've no rooms to spare because I'm expecting three visitors, he looks at me and asks if two of them are a married couple with the man older than his wife and the other a younger man. And when I say no, we're expecting three ladies from Manchester, he seems disappointed and says something about it being the wrong year. So off he goes. And then the three ladies say they can't come and you ring up for rooms and when he comes back there's a room for him too and you're all here and it's just what he expected. It makes me feel right uneasy. Nothing more you'll be wanting, Mrs Ormond? No, thank you, Mrs Pratt. Good night. Good night. Good night. How could he have been looking for us? Uh, he couldn't. The arrival of a mysterious foreigner, plus the coincidence, has obviously been too much for poor mm. Mrs Pratt. And Gertler's prophetic manner has only made it worse. Yes, he rather asks for it. Mm. Well, I'm tired, Walter. Your room's the far one. Mm -hmm. I thought I'd met him somewhere before. You did? Where? Well, that's the trouble. Can't remember. Has it worried you? <laughs> yes. A little. Why? I... I wondered. Walter, will you stop working just one minute? <sighs> you want me to tell you all about it? Well, quite simple. We're all three a bit off our heads. Farron says he's been overworking and the doctor sent him away. I've been half dotty for years. And as for you, Janet, you're just a young woman, always ready to have your fortune told, always longing for marvels and miracles, not even wanting to be sane. Yes, that's quite simple and quite silly. Good night. Good night. Ormond, I hope you'll let me talk to you about the school sometime. Yes, yes, of course. Uh, not now, though. Not now. <clears throat> I'm rather worried. Uh, I feel I haven't somehow created a very good first impression. On me or on my wife? On both of you. Hmm. No, I don't think you have altogether. Do you mind telling me why? My dear chap, I honestly haven't the least idea, so let's forget it. You're turning in? Yes, I think so. Good night. Good night. I thought I'd bring you the whiskey and siphon in here, Mr. Orman. Ah, Sam, you have the noble instincts of a good landlord. Thank you. Well, bar's still pretty full, and I thought you'd like it handy in here. Quite right. Oh, not much in this bottle, Sam. Well, it's one you started on at tea time today, Mr. Orman. It looks to me, Sam, as if I drink too much. Well, that's not for me to say, Mr. Orman. Mm, it won't do, Sam. If I ask for another bottle tonight, remind me that I drink too much. You've had your supper, haven't you, Mr. Ormond? Yes, had with Dr. Gertler. I got tired of waiting for the other two. Aye, they're making a long day of it. Let's hope they haven't got lost. 
There's not much chance of that, is there? No, not on these light nights. It's easy enough in winter if you stop too long up moors. I've known a few daft heads that did, but don't you worry. Mr Farrant's a good head on his shoulders. I don't think my wife's with Mr Farrant. They went out separately. Oh, oh well, uh, happen she's gone a few miles further than she thought. But she'll be all right, Mr Ormond. Uh, I must get back to me bar. <sighs> Has uh, your wife and Mr. Ferrant arrived back? No, not yet. Mm. Uh, have a drink, Dr. Gertler? No, thank you. Mm. Don't like too much drinking, eh? Uh, there's a kind of escape, and I don't need it. I'm not afraid. Not afraid of what? I'm not afraid of thinking, of reality. This drinking, it is an escape. Uh, from what? Well, as you see, not from responsibility and work. No, I think you work very hard, but that too is a kind of escape. Is it? Don't forget, my dear professor, I have great responsibilities. Even these people here and their precious boy would be badly let down if I failed them. I have to keep on. No, you give yourself these tasks so that you must keep on. You daren't stop. All right. I dare not stop. You're rich, you are successful, you have power. Yet all the time you try to escape because deep down you feel that you are part in this life is settled for you and that it is a tragic one. So all the time you are in despair. Is that not true? Yes. Damn your impudence. It is. Now please tell me why you who have so much should feel this despair. <sighs> well, I suppose... In the last resort, you trust life or you don't. Well, I don't. There's something malicious, corrupt, cruel at the heart of it. Nothing's on our side. We don't belong with a mistake. But you have known good things? Oh, yes. When you're young, you snatch at them and then find their bait in a trap. Cheese for the mice. One nibble you're caught and the wires are boring through your guts. I can feel them there. No, there's something in yourself, something that hates life. Right. It's something in me. Something that's waiting to blot out the whole damn business. Gertler, when I was a boy, I, I watched my mother die of cancer. For two years she was tortured. She might as well have been put on the rack and broken on the wheel. And when she couldn't suffer any longer, when there was nothing left to feel any more devilish torment, she was allowed to escape, to die. You see, uh, there wasn't any more fun to be had out of her. Let her go. Yes, yes, that was bad. But d did she complain? No, she didn't complain much. She was a very brave woman. I remember when she could bear it no longer and screamed in the night, she'd apologise next morning. She was sorry if she'd disturbed us, Gertler. She was sorry if she'd disturbed us. No, she didn't complain. But by God, I complain. Yes, I understand. You feel too much and don't know enough. I know too much. No, you're like a child who thinks because it rains one morning he will never play out of doors again. You believe we've only this one existence? Of course. Mm, of course, we all know that now. It is so obvious. But... What a pity, if we are brutes that perish, we don't have the dim feelings of brutes that perish. 
to have this one short existence and to spend it being tortured by cancer, uh, to be given delicate nerves and consciousness only to feel pain, that would be a terrible cruelty. It would be better that nobody should be born at all. I've thought so many times. Ah, because you don't understand the long drama of the soul. To suffer like that and to die young, that's not easy nor pleasant, but it is a role apart like any other brief appearance here. I'm sorry, Doctor, that may mean something to you. It means nothing to me, just so many fine, useless words. You will please remember, Mr. Ormond, that all my life I have been a man of science and then a philosopher. I'm not a political orator. My fine words mean something. You were in the war? Yes, I went all through it. My brother was killed. I came out of it to find the whole world limping on one foot and with a hole in its head. But when you began to forget about the war, things were better, huh? No. I didn't forget, and things were worse. They were very bad indeed. When I met my wife, Janet... Then things look different for time. Well, that's how it's been. Not very cheerful, but uh, I don't suppose you've had a rollicking time. I lost my only son in the war. Oh, young boy. I saw my family and friends ruined by the economic collapse of Germany. I think it was the worry, the shame of that period which killed my wife. And now I see my pupils taken away from me and have been turned out of my university and out of my country. I'm sorry, Dr. Gertler. Yet I do not hate life. I accept it all because, you see, there's no traitor here inside me. You think there is in me? I don't know. I can only guess. Gertler... I'll tell you something I've never told anybody. All my life, I've had a haunted sort of feeling, as if just round the corner there'd be a sudden blotting out of everything. And during the war, I thought it meant I was going to be killed, so I didn't give a damn what I did, and they thought I was a brave fellow and pinned medals on me. Mm. But when it was all over, I still had the same feeling. It's getting stronger all the time. And then last night, when you arrived here... I didn't know I gave myself away. How did you notice that? What did you feel? I felt like a man staring into his own grave. When you entered this room? Yes. When you saw your bedroom? Yes. But it was worst in the garage. The garage? I haven't been in the garage. Sam put my car away last night and I haven't looked at it since. How did you know I kept it in the car? Kept what in the car? My revolver. So? I keep a revolver in the side pocket of the car. How did you know that? I didn't know. Then why did you ask me about the garage? I wanted to know what you had felt there. That is all. Sam! Sam! Be careful. Uh, father's busy in the bar, Mr. Ormond. Can I get you anything? Uh, is the garage open? Yes, Mr. Ormond. Straight across the yard. Do you want me to come with you? No. No, I don't. Doctor, um, I don't think you said how long you wanted your room, did you? 
Yes, I said it last night when I came here. Well, I don't remember. It wasn't said to me. I said I wanted it over the weekend. I couldn't tell exactly. Well, folks who come here usually know how long they're staying. Yes, but I couldn't say. I have something to do here. Something to do? Yes, yes, something very important. Oh, I see. There's no need to talk to me in this way. I've done you no injury. I'm quite a harmless person, even though I am a foreigner. And was once a professor. And so you want to know what's the matter? Yes, that's evidently something. What have I done? Well, seeing you've asked me, Doctor, I'll tell you. You make me feel uneasy in my mind. Now, that wouldn't be so bad. But I've noticed you've a trick of upsetting other people, too. And I don't like it. Oh, <laughs> eh, oh, man. Oh, man. What was that, Sally? Who's playing about with your guns in that house? Well, I don't know. Go and see. Uh, it's all right. Oh. Quite all right. Uh, oh, hello, Sam. Did it bring you right? Uh, uh, sorry, Mrs Pratt. Uh, silly thing to do. Very silly. Well, whatever mm. happened, Mr Ormond? Uh, went to the garage to have a look at my car and remembered I had a revolver in the side pocket. Took it out to see if it was all right and uh, nearly got the door when something went scampering past... Making me jump. A rat, eh? Uh, yes, big brute. And I've always hated rats ever since they used to come snuffling over me in the trenches. So I had to have a pop at him. Oh, did you get him, Mr Roman? <sighs> Didn't even get him, Sam. No. <laughs> Just made a, a noise and frightened you all. Sorry, Mrs Pratt. It won't occur again. Oh, well, I don't know why I should have bothered so much. All but, right, uh, Father, uh, they'll be wanting you in the bar. Come on. Uh. <sighs> I am sorry. Sorry? Sorry? Yes, I went into the garage. Now, what do I do next? You must have some more amusing ideas. Who the devil are you to come here and take the lid off my head and stick pins into my guts and say you're sorry? I'm not amusing myself with you, Mr Ormond. No? Well, what are you doing here? What's your game? It's not a game. Tell me what happened. Please? And what I told him about the rat was true. Of course, that wasn't all. No, I knew that. Wasn't so bad until I took out the revolver. And I had to take it out. Irresistible impulse. But as soon as I stood there with that gun in my hand, I seemed to be falling into black night, and I, I felt the only thing left for me to do on earth was to put that revolver to my head. How I struggled to the door, I don't know. But then I, I had to pull the trigger, and luckily there was the rat to fire at. Oh, Empty. Damn, look at that. Sam! Sam! Oh, Mrs Pratt, I, I want a drink, and this bottle's dead and done with. Well, bar's quieter now, Mr Ormond, if you'd like to go back there. I would. I would indeed. <clears throat> is there something you wish to say to me? Yes, there is. There seems to have been a misunderstanding about your room, Dr... Gautler. Oh, dear. Oh. Ah. Well, you have had a long day, Mrs Ormond. Oh. But I, I thought Mr Farrant would be with you. No, but he'll be here soon. Oh, I'm tired. Oh, I expect you are. Well, I'll see about your suppers. 
Oh, I don't want very much, Mrs. Pratt. What? After being out all day? That's no way of going on. You want a good meal. You walked a long way. Uh, further than I meant to. But it was a good walk. Oh, heavenly. Mm. Across the moors, nearly all the way. Rocks, carpets of grass, harebells. White harebells again? Yes, white harebells again. <laughs> you do remember things, don't you, Dr. Gertler? Only sometimes. It was peaceful up there. <sighs> yes, no people. Just larks and curlews. Very peaceful. You were alone all day? Yes, I was alone all day. I was glad to be. Hmm. You didn't see Mr. Farrant then? Yes, I saw him following behind me. And he couldn't catch up with you? He didn't catch up with me. Hmm. I saw him somewhere behind me, usually a long way off. Several times. You were glad he stayed behind? Uh... <sighs> yes. Very. I suppose my husband is in the bar. Yes, he's just gone there. Before that, we were talking. He's uh, a man of force, of character, such as most women admire. Huh? Yes, he is. Also, he's a man with a deep secret weakness, and I think such weakness in a man arouses a woman's pity. Yes, I think it might. There's much to love in him. Very much. Then why, Mrs. Ormond, do you love him no longer? Ah, so, Mr. Farrant, you have had a good walk, eh? Not bad. Uh, Mr. Farrant... Yes? Um, uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter at all. What's wrong with Gertler? Perhaps he didn't appreciate your very curt manner. Sorry about that. Your supper's all ready, Mr. Farrant. Oh, uh, thanks. I'll uh, I'll come along in a few minutes. I must wash first. Well, Lush? I'm right sorry now Miss Holmes and her friends couldn't come. I can understand them sort of people. I've felt uneasy in my mind ever since last night. And I put most of it down to this Dr. Gertler. He's got everybody's back up. Nay, it's only because he's a sort of foreigner and a professor and what doesn't talk so queer... He means no harm, Sally. No harm or no harm, he leaves here in the morning. We'll get on better without him. And I'm going to tell him so. Now, steady on, lass. Steady on. But what's the use of saying steady on when we're all getting on edge and... Sam! Sam, you're deserting us. And you've not told me yet what's going to happen to you in the next world. <laughs> Mrs. Ormond's back, Mr. Ormond. She's gone to get her supper. See that she has a beautiful supper, Mrs. Pratt. And now, Sam... What's going to happen to you in the next world? <laughs> well, it started with me saying last night, if I had my time over again, which seemed to right tickle Dr. Gartler, because he comes to me this afternoon and he tells me I am going to have my time over again. He started on about time going round his circles and spirals and two minutes, what with his dimensions and eternities and whatnot, he had me dizzy. He says we all go round and round like dubby horses. God forbid. But does he seriously think we all just go on and on with the same life? Uh -huh, I think so. That's what he told me. Do I interrupt? Not at all. Uh, Doctor, didn't you tell me we all went on with the same life round and round and round? I said you might live the same life over and over again, but not all. Well, what happens to others then, Doctor? 
Some people steadily developing will exhaust the possibilities of their circles of time and will finally swing out of them into new existences. Others, the criminals, madmen, suicides, live their lives in ever-darkening circles of their time. Fatality begins to haunt them. More and more of their lives are passed in the shadow of death. They gradually sink... For God's sake, stop it, can't you? I don't want to hear any more of that stuff tonight. It's getting on my nerves. You're going to put your foot in it again, Doctor. Yes. Perhaps I was wrong to come here, or wrong to speak at all of these things. Just a minute, Father. I want to talk to Dr. Gertler alone. Now, steady on, Sally. All right, all right. You get into the bar. No, take it easy, lass. Yes? Dr. Gertler, there's been a misunderstanding about your room. I thought you were just staying last night and tonight. Well, I... Tell me the real reason why you wish me to leave. Well, if you want to know, it's because I feel there's something wrong here. I don't know what it is, but I can feel it all the time. And so can other people. Perhaps there is something wrong here. Well, there wasn't before you came. And well, you've got a way of talking and looking at folk that puts them on edge. Now, you may not mean it, but I do know we'd all be a deal more comfortable if you were gone. And we think a lot of Mr. Farrant and Mr. and Mrs. Ormond are folk of some standing. And I am a stranger, a foreigner. Well, if you want to put it like that, you can do. But that's how it is. Now, we don't expect you to go tonight. You I know. will go when I please. You want to be rid of me, that is enough. I will pay you now. Up to tomorrow morning, it'll be just two days. Mm. We'll call it a pound. I'm sorry. But we only want to do what's right for everybody. I am sorry, too, for you. You needn't be sorry for me. God, he's got a cheek. Oh. Well, he's not here, Sam. Sally, weren't you speaking to Dr. Gore? Because uh, Mr. Orman wants him. I want to apologise to him. He's just gone out. He's off in the morning. Going? What for? Because I asked him to go. No, Sally, you didn't. I did. I'm not sorry. But he's made everybody feel uncomfortable. But I heard you complaining and shouting at him yourself, Mr. Owens. Yes, God help me. So I think I did right. No, you did wrong. Why did I? Because he's a stranger, a foreigner, who's had to leave his own country. Even if he says things we don't understand, even if he makes us feel uncomfortable at times, we ought to be courteous. God knows I haven't been. But I was hoping you were being considerate to him. Well, Mr. Orman, I can't say it matters much. It does, Sam. It does. It can't have gone far. I'm going to tell him I'm sorry and ashamed. You shouldn't have done it, Sally. Why not? We've got our living to earn and work hard enough to earn it. We're best judge of our business. It's all right, Mr. Roman, talking so grand now. And how much whiskey has he had? I know, but he's far from being nasty drunk, so I can't interfere. Only one as good as his wife, and it beats me she doesn't. Happens she's given him up as a bad job. Oh, um, was your supper all right, Mrs. Ormond? Yes, thank you. Uh, you won't be wanting anything else tonight? No, thank you. Uh, Mr. Farron, uh, what about tomorrow? I don't know yet. I haven't made any plans. 
And I'll say good night then. Uh, good night, Mr. Farron. Uh, Mrs. Harmon. Good night. Good night. Mr. Farrant. Yes? This afternoon you walked behind me for several hours. We've just sat through the whole of supper without exchanging a word. I'm sorry, but I can't stand any more of it. If you're going to sit in here, then I'll either have to go out or up to my room. Please, don't trouble. I'll go. <clears throat> Thank you. Would you mind telling me how long you're staying up here? Why? Because if you're not leaving, then I must. I didn't realise you disliked me as much as that. I don't dislike you. It isn't that. I'd better clear out in the morning. But you've no right to talk as if I'm driving you out. No, I, I don't mean that, Mrs Ormond. Look, I'm not trying to be difficult. It's simply that I find these long silences intolerable. Yes, I know they are. I, I feel just the same. And I, I do assure you it's quite unusual for me. I'm often accused of talking too much. I tried, you know... Tried all the time. I kept... Oh, you know how one does. Kept forming words. Yes, I did that too. But couldn't bring them out. Exactly. And then when I came in here, the silence had gone on so long, it seemed absolutely indestructible. It was, nearly. I had to take a hammer to it. I'm glad you did, because... I wanted to explain. <laughs> you must think me a fool. No, of course I don't. I felt you disliked me. But then with not sleeping last night and being so tired today, you Yes, know, well, perhaps... probably I'm imagining I'm fitter than I am, you know. You look rather tired. Nervous. Well, perhaps we're both not quite our usual selves. No. Hear all about it. I suppose you arranged to meet here? No? Then if you'd got as far as this in 24 hours, I would congratulate you. It's wonderful how everything's being speeded up. Come on, Farron. Good Lord, aren't you man enough to stand up for what you're doing? Ormond, I wish I could explain it. I can do that. No, Walter, please. We've got to try and understand what's happening. There's no difficulty about that. In one day, while the pair of you were pretending to dislike each other, you suddenly decided you're in love or in want of amusement and couldn't even No, wait. Walter, can't you see? It's not like that. How can I see what it's like? Ormond, it simply happened, that's all. All right. All right. You're neither of you in a, any fit state to talk, and I know I'm in no fit state to listen. You've fallen in love. You don't know why. You can't help it. Is that it? Yes. You remember what I felt last night when we arrived here and I didn't want to stay? You think you felt then that this was about to begin? Yes. But you don't know how it's going to end. How does it end? We'd better ask Dr. Gertler. 
Why do you say that? He's not serious. I'm in a state of mind when I've stopped considering whether I'm serious or not. Ask Gertler. Ask the devil. But Gertler doesn't come into this at all. Don't be too sure, Ferrant. He knew it had happened before. He couldn't have done. He came to find us here. My God, I'd hate to think that. Why? What do you mean? I've had one grim session with him tonight. What does Gertler know? Nothing about this. I believe he knows everything about us all. Well, what do we do now? Father, I found this notebook. Ah, whose is it? That Dr Gertler's. I found it in his room this morning. It had slipped down inside the armchair. Well, you'll have to send it to him. Well, how can I when he didn't leave his address? In another thing, I feel bad about sending him away like that. I told you. Well, I never thought he'd leave last night without another word. I meant to tell him this morning to stay on if he wanted to. After what Mr Orman said, it made me feel sort of ashamed. I was right upset when I found he'd gone. Never mind, lass. We all make mistakes. But don't think I'm the only one who's feeling upset here. There's some worse than me. Yes, here in this house. Oh, I've hardly seen them today. Hmm. Neither have I, but I know. Oh, Mr Farrant, uh, <clears throat> Dr Gortler left this behind. Huh? It had got down the side of his chair where my tobacco pouch had done money time. Hmm. Uh, I was just wondering whether it would have any importance. It's a German, I reckon. I'll see. What does it say? Wiederkehr und das Wittgenkunft. That's return or recurrence and interference or intervention. This notebook, it says, is for problems and instances of recurrence and intervention. Yes, he's sure to want that back. What could he mean by that? God knows. But, as I've told you before, I don't think Gertler has quite retained his mental balance. It often happens when an elderly scholar suddenly has a lot of trouble. Oh, Mrs. Pratt, I'm leaving tonight, so uh, can I have my bill, please? And, Sam, would you mind getting my car out? Uh, all right, Mr. Farrant. I'll pack now, Janet. Do you know where my husband is, Mrs. Pratt? Oh, he was up in his room, Mrs. Ormond. I went in about a quarter of an hour since, and he was there writing letters. Ah. <clears throat> Mrs. Ormond, are you going tonight as well as Mr. Farrant? Yes. Yes, we're leaving together. You're leaving your husband? Yes. Leaving him for good? Yes. Well, that's a terrible thing to do, Mrs Ormond. I know it's a very serious thing, Mrs Pratt, but it happens to be the only possible... the only fair thing to do in the circumstances. You'll have to believe me. But have you thought, Mrs Ormond? I've been doing a lot of thinking. Yes, but, I mean, have you thought about what'll happen to Mr Ormond? He's your husband... What will he do left to himself? He seems such an unhappy sort of a gentleman with his drinking and whatnot. I'm afraid he is unhappy. You're not leaving him, surely, because he's taken to drinking too much? No, Mrs Pratt. My husband always has been unhappy. There was a time when I tried very hard to make him happy, but somehow I couldn't. It was my fault, not his, probably. I just couldn't feel what I ought to have felt for him. No, it's no use. But Mr Farrant, too. Have you thought what might happen to him? With his school and everything? 
That's where my Charlie is, you know. And if anything did happen to Mr. Farrant... You can be sure I've thought about that too. We both have. Oh, I knew there was something wrong. Oh, Mrs. Ormond, please. I've lost my own man, and I've only this lad of mine, and I'm older than you. Listen to me for a minute. Don't go snatching at what you think might be happiness when you don't really know. Please, please don't rush off and do something you might regret all the rest of your life. We haven't just ourselves to consider, you know, and, well, the older you get, the more you see that. Mrs Ormond, please give yourself a bit more time. Think it over for all our sakes. All right, Mrs Pratt. Yes, Mr Ormond. Walter, I've just told Mrs Pratt that Oliver and I are going away. When? We're going tonight. I see. It's the fairest and wisest thing to do, Walter, to make a clean break now so that none of us has any more of this agony. I've no doubt you're right. We've talked it all out. We faced the worst that might happen, even losing the school because of possible scandal. Uh, you mean you've talked about facing the worst that might happen? You haven't actually faced it yet, you know. Well, we've realised all that this might involve. I mean, we're not going away with our eyes closed. I wonder. Why do you say that? Because I wonder how you know what the worst is that might happen. When we decided to come here together, I thought the worst that could happen would be that we'd have another of our rows. But now something much worse has happened. I'm losing you altogether. You see, we don't know. I realise that, Walter. I only said that we tried to face the possible consequences. You're going away, but you're not happy, are you, Janet? No, I'm not. I'm miserable and rather frightened. And perhaps it's a good thing I am. Why? Because if I were all excited and feeling gay, I might be doing something foolish going away like this. As it is, I know what I feel for Oliver Farrand is absolutely real. Now and forever. I believe it's always existed. It's always been part of me. Perhaps it has. Who knows? We know so little that's worth knowing about ourselves. We're like children groping about in the dark. Oh, all right, Farrand, all right. Only put that damn gear of yours outside. I was asking Janet if she was happy. She says she isn't. I didn't suppose she would be. What about you? No, of course I'm not. This is a hateful business. If I'd thought my clearing out would settle it, I'd have cleared out. But I knew it wouldn't. And I knew it wouldn't. We've talked it all out and we've agreed on that. You're doing the only possible thing, you feel. Yes. You're both deeply in love. I hope I'm not overstating it. You're not? And yet you're feeling miserable about it. Why? I suppose it's a bad case of conscience. Conscience? I believe <laughs> that a man and woman, feeling as Janet and I do, have a perfect right to do what we're doing. But somewhere at the back of my mind, I've still got to contend with centuries of belief that what we're doing is wrong. The point is, we're acting rationally and according to our own code, but our so-called consciences were made for us during childhood before we could make our own code. 
Therefore, we can know we're doing right and yet still feel obscurely, but quite strongly, that we're doing wrong. And that's what's the matter with us. And I don't believe that's the half of it, Farrant. It's all too damn simple, like a lot of your explanations. Perhaps things are really much simpler than you like to think they are. It's Gertler. Yes, but I'm not staying. Uh, just a minute, Doctor. Uh, Mrs. Pratt? Mrs. Pratt? Just coming, Mr. Ormond. You see, you didn't give us a chance last night to say how sorry we were that you were a stranger, uh, an exile in this country, had been treated with such discourtesy. Mrs. Pratt, I'm apologising to Dr. Gertler. Yes, Dr. Gertler, I want to beg your pardon. I shouldn't have asked you to leave. You've done nothing wrong. I was blaming you just because you're a foreigner. I'm sorry. No, please, please. I lost my temper too. That has always been my trouble, a bad temper, and so I behave foolishly. Well, I hope you'll stay now you've come back. Uh, no, I cannot do that. I only came back because I've lost something, something very important. And I'm hoping that I may have left it here. This notebook? Ah, yes, thank you. That is all I want. I wouldn't like to have lost this. There's a great deal of valuable work here. Well, Dr. Gertler, I hope you'll stay after all. Let me know what you decide. Gertler, you're not going, are you? Yes. Why not? Dr. Gertler, you know something, don't you? Something that we don't know. That's quite impossible, you know, Janet. Is it, though? I'm not so sure. You know, don't you? Janet, really? Please, Oliver, please. You believe that something happened here before, don't you? I'd know it did. How could it? Seeing that not one of us has ever been here before. Are you sure you haven't? Of course I am. I'm quite capable of remembering exactly where I've been. Then there's nothing more to be said. Yes, there is. Please. What do you know about us? Wait a minute, Janet. We can't possibly drag Dr. Gertler into our private affairs. I have no wish to be dragged into them. Have you and Mrs. Ormond planned to leave here tonight together? How did you guess? It is not guessing. Gertler... I don't blame you for losing your temper. You were badly treated. But we've apologised. And things are serious here now. They always were very serious. All right, then. Now, the truth. As simply as you can state it, please. You had some definite purpose in coming here, hadn't you? Yes. What was it? I came to verify an experiment, and if possible, to make a further experiment. Dr. Gertler, last night you asked me a good many... Unusual questions, you remember? Mm -hmm. And I told you things I'd never told anybody else. Yes, that is true. You were very helpful, Mr. Ormond. And now I'm asking you something. It's your turn to be helpful. Why did you come to this inn? What was this experiment of yours? Very well. In this notebook are some records of very unusual states of mind and feats of memory. Some of them came to me like clear dreams. They're quite vivid little scenes. In the best of them, I remember not only what I have seen, but also what has been said. I was fortunate enough to have a very good example about three months ago. I put all the details here. In this memory, this dream, if you prefer it, I found myself a year or two older than I am now, but situated as I am now, an exile living in London. I was in rooms, cheap rooms, not unlike those I'm in now, but here, the rooms above mine, 
very poor rooms, uh, occupied by two people, a man and his wife, still quite young, but very shabby, very poor and very unhappy. They had been quarrelling bitterly, and I had heard them, and because I was sorry, I went up to see what I could do. Uh, there I learned their history. This was not the woman's first husband. She had been the wife of a rich man, older than herself, with whom she had fallen out of love. But they had gone on a little holiday together at a Whitsuntide to a small inn which they described. There she had fallen instantly in love with a younger man, the one now her husband, and they had run away. Dr. Gertler. Then there came out of this, as they now realised, the ruin of many innocent lives. A great business collapsed, and many people, simple people, like this landlord and his daughter here, lost their money. Not only that, but there had been a great scandal, so that this young man had been driven out of his profession, and both of them had to endure poverty and loneliness. But what made them so bitter was that though their love for one another had compelled them to take this course, had made them poor and lonely and neglected, it had given them nothing in return. This love of theirs had died. No, it couldn't have done that. Yes, they admitted that. There were too many shadows between them, too many reproachful faces. They could no longer be happy together, yet they could not be indifferent to one another, having suffered so much. So now they were quarrelsome, bitter... Oh, God! No, no, not that. But, Janet... It was us he saw, Oliver. Of course it was it's us. It's only some fantastic dream of his. No! You recognised us here, didn't you? Yes, at once. You see, I knew all the time there was something. Wait a minute. How did you induce these dreams? They weren't dreams, they were actual memories. Memories of what? Of past cycles of my own life. You're contradicting yourself. On your own ridiculous theory, you said that you were then as you are now, an exile living in London. Why not? I've been an exile in London in past cycles of my life. We repeat our lives with some differences over and over again. You can't expect us to believe that. My friend, I do not care whether you believe it or not. Ask me to explain, and I am explaining. Yes, but you're not merely airing a fantastic theory now. You're interfering in our affairs. How did you induce these states of mind? By a certain method I have developed. We have to change the focus of attention, which we have trained ourselves to concentrate on the present. My problem was to drift away from the present, as we do in dreams, and yet be attentive, noticing everything. Yes, yes, but how did you do it? By doing without food, I suppose. Yes, to some extent. Yes, I thought so. And did you use drugs? A German colleague found a certain narcotic form. I knew it. You see, I suspected that all along. He starved himself and drugged himself and let himself be hag-ridden by a completely illogical, fantastic theory of life. And then he comes here with a story of some ridiculous dream he's had. Parents, what are we all doing? Playing such convincing parts in it. I expected this, but it was you who asked me to explain. I have given you my explanation. I believe it's true. Janet, you can't. Yes, it accounts for so many things. But afterwards, when you had made your notes... That was three months ago. I soon found that these things had not yet happened in this cycle of your lives, because I discovered at once that Mr. Oliver Farrant was still the headmaster of Lamberton School. You had our names. Yes, of course. What proof have we of that? 
I think you read German. My handwriting is not good, but you can read enough, I hope, to convince you. Look at the notebook. You will see, I had not the actual name of the inn, only an idea of the sort of place it was and its situation amongst these hills. I don't understand this. It must be some sort of clairvoyance, clairaudience. I believe there are instances... So I came here for this Whitsuntide holiday. At first, when two of you were not even expected here, I thought I'd chosen the wrong year. But no, I was fortunate. That's why... You asked those questions? Yes. I also found that you were all closely interdependent. And I saw also that two of you were so instantly and fatally attracted that you were superficially resentful of one another. It was like watching a performance of a play that one has first read carefully. You're talking as if we were marionettes, with no minds or wills of our own. Going round and round. It's a monstrous, hellish theory. Yet, what have you felt... These last two days, have you felt you had minds and wills of your own? No, but Dr. Gertler, we're not really like that. I know, I know we're not. We can make our own lives, can't we? Once we know, yes. It is knowledge alone that gives us freedom. I believe that the very grooves in which our lives run are created by our feeling, imagination and will. If we know and then make the effort, we can change our lives. We're not going round and round in hell, and we can help each other. How? If I have more knowledge than you, then I can intervene. Like a man who stops you on a journey to tell you that the road ahead is flooded. That was the further experiment I had hoped to make, to intervene. Recurrence and... Yes, that seemed possible, too. Mm. I discovered some things I did not know before. Two of you, troubled by memories, were instantly attracted to each other. That I expected. But the third... You mean Walter? Yes, the one I had not met before. I soon discovered that he was a man who felt he had a tragic destiny and was moving nearer and nearer to self-destruction. Suicide? Yes, that was why the great business collapsed, why so many were ruined, why everybody knew the story. You told me when you left him, ran away, your husband went into the garage here and shot himself. Walter, where did he go? Dr. Gertler, he keeps a revolver in one of the pockets of his car. Will you go and get it for me, please? Yes, yes, that would be better. That is one thing to do, but there are others more important. Yes, I understand. Janet, you're not going to let this fantastic stuff of his make any difference to us? But do you see, Oliver, I believe it. It explains so many things I couldn't understand before. It explains us. Why it all happened so quickly between us. And it explains why I've never felt really happy about it. Why there's been a great shadow over it all. So you must go. But I must stay. Janet, if you'd told me to go last night, I'd have gone without a word. But after what we've said to one another today, I can't go without you. I can't. You must, Oliver. But nothing's really changed. We're exactly the same people that we were an hour ago. My God, Janet, you're not going to go back on everything we've said, everything we've planned, just because of this old German's mystical rubbish? Oh, my dear, I must. I feel it's true, here. 
just as I feel the truth of my love and yours. But now it means tearing our lives in two. It's better to do that than tear so many other people's lives in two, only to find in the end we'd lost one another. And this can't be forever, you know. It can for me. I happen to know I've only one life, not dozens of them like the rest of you. Only one. And now it's in bits. Oh, Janet. And you'll do nothing to mend it. No, my dear. If this wasn't the beginning, then this can't be the end of it all. No, there must be somewhere, our own place, our own time. Let me look at you. Why? What does it matter now? I'm trying to make myself remember every single line of your face. And I know I shan't. Oh, very soon I shall try to see it again and there'll be nothing but a blur while hundreds of faces that mean nothing will come between us. It's a hard world for love, Oliver. Even the memory of its face won't stay to comfort us. The revolver is not there now, and it was there yesterday. Will you please find my husband? Tell him I'm saying goodbye to Oliver and stay with him until I come in again. Oliver, come outside with me. Ormond! Ormond! Where are they? Out there, but they are saying goodbye. Goodbye? He's going. She will stay with you. She sent me to find your revolver, but it wasn't there. No, because it's here. It would be better to give that to me. If I'd any sense, I'd use it as... <laughs> no more questions that can't be answered, twisting like knives in your guts. Sleep. A good sleep. The only good sleep. I'm afraid you will be disappointed. It will be a sleep full of dreams like this, and the questions will still be there. You cannot blow them to bits with a pistol. But why should you want to try now? It's all different. I don't see any difference. Your wife will not leave you now. And perhaps she will be changed a little with a new kindness. I don't want her kindness. Let her go. But now she does not want to go. Oh, yes, she does, but she's afraid to. And I've lost her whether she goes or stays, so there's no difference. She can't keep me alive simply by staying by my side. No one can keep you alive but yourself. And I don't want to go on living. I am not going to cry over you, my friend. Who the devil asked you to? But I must remind you there is no escape. No? Oh, I suppose because you believe that if I take the jump into the dark, I'll find myself back again on the old treadmill. <laughs> well, I don't believe it. I can find peace. You can't. Peace is not somewhere just waiting for you. Where is it, then? You have to create it. How could I? You've some idea of what's gone in my head these last 20 years. Where's the peace coming from? If you must talk and act like a child, then at least be as humble as a child. If you cannot create your own peace, then pray for it. Go down on your knees and ask for it. If you have no knowledge, then have faith. Oh, very easy. It is not easy. Life is not easy. It provides no shortcuts, no effortless escapes. Peace and ecstasy are not laid on like hot and cold water. You didn't tell me that. I know it. Yes, but you do not know. You will not understand that life is penetrated through and through by our feeling, imagination and will. In the end, the whole universe must respond to every real effort we make. We each live a fairy tale created by ourselves. What? 
by going round and round the same damn dreary circle of existence as you believe? We do not go round the circle. That is an illusion. Just as the circling of the planets and stars is an illusion, we move along a spiral track. It's not quite the same journey from the cradle to the grave each time. Sometimes the differences are small, sometimes they're very important. We must set out each time on the same road, but along that road we have a choice of adventures. I wish I could believe that, Gertler. What has happened before, many times perhaps, will probably happen again. That is why some people can prophesy what is to happen. They do not see the future, as they think, but the past, what has happened before... But something new may happen. You may have brought your wife here for this holiday over and over again. She may have met Farrant here over and over again. But you and I have not talked here before. This is new. This may be one of those great moments of our lives. And which are they? When a soul can make a fateful decision. I see this as such a moment for you, Ormond. You can return to the old dark circle of existence, dying endless death, or you can break the spell and swing out into new life. New life. I wish I could believe that. I think what I've presented most is that the only wisdom we have is wisdom after the event. We learn, but always too late. When I was no longer a boy, I knew at last what sort of boy I ought to have been. By the time of 40, we know how to behave at 20. Always too late. So that the little wisdom we get is useless to us. In your world, but not in mine. Well? Well, at least we can improve on this Whitsuntide drama of yours. I'll live, but on nobody's self-sacrifice. Would you... Ask my wife to come in here for a moment, and, and, and please tell Farron to stop out there. Yes, yes, of course. I was just <coughs> saying goodbye to Oliver. Oh, yes. You understand? I'm not leaving you now. You love him. He loves you. You are certain of that? Yes. Absolutely certain. Go on, then. Go with him. Walter, I couldn't. You see, not now, when I know... You don't know. How could you? Dr. Gertler said... These are our lives, not his. There'll be no suicide, no scandal, no disasters. Everything will go on. You, you can depend on me. Oh, Walter, are you sure? If only I could... I tell you, it's all right. Farron's only got to take you away now for a little time, perhaps abroad, and then go quietly back to his work. And whatever happens, I'll see he's not howled out of his school. Walter, I can't... Is it really true? Oh, I, I, I can't talk. I'm too happy. Yes. I never remember seeing you so happy before. It's not just for myself, or even for Oliver, but for you too, Walter. You've changed everything now. All right. Keep on being happy then, Janet. You were meant to be happy, radiant. I, I always wanted you to be, but somehow it didn't work. Now it seems it's working. Walter, something tremendous has happened to you. I wonder. Yes, you're suddenly quite different. And yet, as you always ought to have been, I know now you're bigger than I am. Bigger than Oliver. 
I think now you'll be a great man, Walter. Not a chance. I'll never be a great man. There aren't many of them, and you have to stand a long way off to see their true size. Now, Janet, perhaps I'm at last uh, a man, a, a, a real man, and not a mere bundle of fears and self-indulgences. That's not how I shall think of you. What will you do now? Oh, stay here tonight, probably tomorrow night, to try and think. I've never done much real thinking. I've always been afraid to. Oh, Mrs Pratt, uh, ask Sam to put Mrs Ormond's things in the car outside. Your car? No, Mr Farron's. Oh. oh. Mrs Pratt, everything will be all right. Stop worrying about that boy of yours. He'll have his chance. Nobody's going to let you down. Thank you, Mr Ormond. I'll say goodbye now, Janet. I won't come out. There seem to be a thousand things I want to say now, Walter. Then don't forget them. Goodbye, Janet. Keep on being happy. Dear Walter, goodbye. God bless you. I, too, must be going now. Uh, would you close that door, Doctor, please? So, you're going, having concluded the experiment. I'm still wondering whether I believe a word of it. It is very difficult at first, like all new knowledge. You look at me as a doctor looks at his patient. Yes, because if my theory is correct, you are now in the unusual and interesting position of a man who is moving out onto a new time track. Like a man who's suddenly born into a strange new world. Just a minute, Doctor. Like... A man who's suddenly born into a strange new world. Well, it's not altogether fanciful, Gertler. I feel rather like a newborn creature, rather cold, small, lonely. Yes, it may be hard at first, but it will pass. There are millions suns waiting to keep you warm and to light your way. Perhaps we shall meet again. So... I will say, auf Wiedersehen. Yes, we will meet again. Goodbye. Mr. Ormond. Oh, well, Sam? I just wondered, like, Mr. Ormond, whether there might be what I could do for you, like... Uh... Well, yes. You can sit down and smoke your pipe, Sam. Aye. <laughs> uh, I hear them shepherds to the side of Grindle Tops been having a bit of bother. Yes, yes, I uh, I heard something about that, Sam. Folks think shepherds is a quiet life, but they have the bits of bother them chaps like anybody else. Yes, I suppose they do, Sam. I suppose they do. <laughs> <laughs>